Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> Should old acquaintance be forgotten? It's October. Oh, well, cheers, everybody. Happy cheers, year. Happy cheers. year. Um, It'll be 2020 by the time oh, you hear this. Which is terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty scary, isn't it? I'll be 40. Woo-hoo. Well, not by the time you hear this. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel but really... In 2020. In 2020, I'll be 40. Which means that I, because I was going to say something really mean then, I'll cut this out. Which means I'm an appropriate age to be a fan of Love John. <laughs> the first time round. I'm intrigued, right? The, oh, so the red light. I know I should know this. The red light means it's recorded. Listeners, we're still getting used to using our lovely new microphone. Thank you, Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to Thank our patrons. You. We could not have done it without you. And we really could not. And we're into series four now, so it was <gasps> probably time to get a proper microphone. <laughs> so we're officially... I haven't looked at how many episodes... Because I think series one is a bit shorter. So are we officially halfway through? We're not quite. We must be. In terms be. of absolute... Uh, our number episodes. of episodes. What's half of 71? 30, 30, 35 points. 35 and a half. We're pretty oh, yeah. much we're pretty much halfway through. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we no do are so knackered. We are also really knackered and we're all pretty much all well, you're not ill. I'm, I'm not ill. I just have a bit of a lack of voice because it's a very busy time of year at work and I talk a lot in my job. Whereas I have the chest infection that keeps on infecting. Mm. Uh, we're today, so will we? <laughs> well, so we're going to force Polly to put her hand up every time she's going to cough. <laughs> so that Em can then cut it out. Em's going to enjoy editing this episode. Oh yes, all the coughs, all the coughs. Oh, there might be some coughs left in. It's fine, just go with it, listeners. It's, it's just fine it about our dedication. <laughs> like that, I'm doing it for sympathy. <laughs> And pity. Uh, Everyone's well, going to write in now and you'll be like, what was that about? You won't remember it at I know, all. I know. I'll know everyone for... Yeah. No, I will. I'll listen to in it. In like three months' time. I do listen to it. You know, I listen to us on the tube. Oh, well, imagine my horror when I went round to somebody's new house and they said, so can you just get the podcast anywhere? And I said, yeah, you can. So you could say like, hello, Alexa, play Love Joy Actually Podcast. And of course, the Alexa then just played it and it was us really wow. loud in a room and I was like we don't have to listen to it <laughs> and now you've set off if anyone is listening to this on like you know out loud at home you've set off their Alexa yeah, sorry. so it's like playing it gets they've got like us in stereo, stereo. but <laughs> saying different things stereo loved you actually luckily my wife we're at my house recording this <laughs> Hello, it's Helen. We have, we'll introduce ourselves in a minute. Yeah. Um, we'll get round to it usually about halfway through. And so we're at my house recording. So normally, obviously, my Alexa would be going mad by now. She'd be like very excited, playing Love Joy actually and telling us the meaning of life. But my Wi Fi is broken, oh. which obviously is a 21st century equivalent of like having no heating or no, <laughs> no electricity at all. I don't know. If and it's been like this for like a week now. Yeah, it's Can I say, strange. if we were going to introduce ourselves, I think we should all have is, is a moniker the right word? Because we have, we finally meet. In this episode, Mr. T Phone himself, Freddie the Phone. Freddie the Phone. So I'm going to introduce <laughs> Freddie T Phone. I'm going to introduce myself as Polly the Cough oh. today. So uh, the thing that immediately sprang to mind for me is too. I'm in how unlike you. Um, oh, I'm Helen the. Oh wait, Helen the Husky. Oh, slightly husky today. Are we all going to go for like a vocal theme? You need to tell me what I am. In that case, I'm just M the loud. M the noise. Yeah. M the thigh slapper. Yeah. M the thigh. You're M the thigh. 
Because yes. he has the phone. I'm yes. Helen the, the croak. And I'm, I can be Paul the cough. Paul the cough. Um, yours, is sound, yours sounds the best. Yeah. Do, you, Paul. do you have any friends who are called whatever, the drives? I've got lots of friends with nicknames that are not their real names, but their names, you know what I mean? Like um, Enid and Badger. They're listening, if you're listening. I still uh, love that episode where you talk about posh people that always, and and you used, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, oh, you can call me something like Snuffle. Yeah, oh yeah. That's when I used to work with and it was like, it was something like, you know, yeah, Tiddles or whatever. It wasn't wasn't that. (laughs) But yeah, and it's like some infantile like nursery nickname that just, you know, but it's normal for posh people. Anyway, so we should, so yeah, so we've introduced ourselves kind of now. Yeah. And so we're now, so we've, we've cheers the start of the new year, but also new year, new, new series. series. So cheers. cheers. Here's the series four. Series four. Um, we are, we're all non-alcoholic, aren't we? We are today, because I'm on mm. massive antibiotics at the moment. Oh, I'm just wedded to kombucha now. Oh, I do love a bit of kombucha. And I'm I sure think, it's doing me good from the inside out. I think for, for those listeners who don't know, because I think we did announce in the uh, in the interview that we did with Chris. So, um, which you may not all have listened to. I assume that you did, but um, <laughs> Helen the Croak, would you like to... Uh... Well, yeah, so the reason I'm not um, drinking alcohol is because there is a, a, a tiny baby Lovejoy child... <laughs> In my tummy. That makes it sound like love joy. <laughs> Congratulations, Helen. Congratulations. That's a lot of cheers. Yeah, yeah, it's a little baby love joy. And by the time you listen to this, it'll be soon. Um, Gosh, which means break. that towards the end of this series, she'll have to take maternity leave, so we might have some guest presenters. Ba, ba, ba. We'll see. Bring Marv back in. Right, I think... We're, so, we're so talking about series four, episode one, the Napoleonic commode. I mean, again, points for a really decent title. Mm. And, a, and a fairly decent story in places it's all right. it wasn't what I expected but I think because the last couple that we've watched have been feature length so there was a double episode yeah. and then there was the Christmas episode which was longer and it had a lot of peril this felt like the inevitable light relief at the beginning of the series it almost felt like the recap let's all remember who everybody who is, is who and what, yeah. are they all and like? what are they all doing this and one drops everything there was a lot of scene setting <laughs> this is Eric he's a bit of a twat <laughs> yeah. um, this yeah. is Lovejoy he's a bit of a sex he's yeah, a bit he's of a, a lady beast man. and he likes to talk to the fourth wall um, this is Lady Jane she's a bit prim yeah she is in this she's gone a bit prim again she has. Her facial expressions in this actually were like peak prim. Mm. So yeah, this is a, a Terry episode. Terry Hodgkins. Hello, Terry. <laughs> hey Terry. Hey Terry. So we yes, we like we like Terry. We like um, Terry. So the, the the summary of this episode on love the brilliant epguides.com, which I'm loving because I couldn't yes. look at the UK TV play one because no Wi-Fi. Um, She's not bitter about the Wi-Fi at all. <laughs> it's like literally, it's like I love that thing you know, like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like updated for the twenty first oh, yeah. century, you know. Wi-Fi like added on the bottom, like under everything else. Wi-Fi, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just so true. Um, so yeah, uh, Lovejoy seeks out a Frenchman who is an expert on Napoleon Bonaparte in order to sell a commode, which might have been the Emperor's. I mean. That sentence is just basic. That, that's the title. Yeah. The Napoleonic You could have figured that out that's from the, the title. title. The, the, and the other bit that Polly has also already alluded to, the exciting bit of this episode, 
And Freddie the Phone, Lovejoy's landlord, puts in an appearance, which was actually quite exciting. Yeah. Freddie the, and he was every bit how you would expect somebody who called himself Mr. T-Phone. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Mr. T-Phone. Mr. T-Phone. Freddie I mean, T-Phone. I, I wanted a lot more Freddie, to be honest. I, I could did. have happily had a lot more, and I was expecting a lot more, but... Um, <laughs> nice a lot. This was also sort of peak... Alexi Sell was incredibly... This was oh, 92. Paid by Alexi Sell. He was incredibly famous. Or was it 93 that it showed? 92, yeah, 93. 10th of January, 93. It was yeah, the but then they showed the next series at the very end of 93 so they had quite a short gap because the Christmas special at the mm-hmm. end of series 5 mm-hmm. was shown on oh, Boxing Day one. Boxing Day, and then the 28th um, of December uh, two th- uh, sorry, 1993 oh wow it was that's a lot of Lovejoy in one year there's a lot two of whole series you can never have too much Lovejoy no you can't have too much Lovejoy I mean no but so 93 is like peak Lovejoy which makes sense because I was 12 and that's what I really like yeah I, I was 13 so I was that makes sense it, yeah. I've got to just tell you and it does become relevant later on I did um I was at a, a music pub quiz with work where they played Every Breath You Take and I said, Oh, oh no. fun fact everybody, this was actually covered by Ian McShane in nineteen ninety-three on his album from Both Sides Now and there was a pause and my boss just went and he like, does it so we get we, a bit uh, of we do. Do. and it's on the album. It is on the album. Oh, I did wonder that. It it is on the al- my notes. It's actually the final song on the album. Oh. And I know that without looking, you've noted yeah. that I know that without looking at the uh, list, the track list. Exactly. But yeah, so Alexi Sale, as you say, Paul, like it was like extremely famous. I would say it was post Young Ones, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. he was the landlord in the Young Ones. He, he just plays dodgy <laughs> landlord. He's got a great, he is fantastic uh, in it. He was when, when he first came because I didn't know he was in it until he came on, and I was like, oh my god. Well, first I was like, is it? Is it? Is it? Oh, I did because his name comes up in the credits. Oh, so, I, I just ignored. Uh, as I was watching the credits, I've written. Well, I've spelled it wrong. Alexi Sale, oh, like exclamation point, and then I've written Terry H. I've written point. Terry exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark. And it starts with it actually starts with Lovejoy singing because it's the morning, isn't it? It's it's the morning and oh, what a There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. I've got an amazing tenor voice at the moment because I've got a terrible cold. Um, can I just say actually what it started with for me was a bit of like um logos of your. Like, did you see like the old Eastern, yes. the old BT logo, and then the old Eastern Electric logo? And I was like, oh, it's just you, know, you saw them everywhere. This was the age of. It was like it was, guess the, the old ology ad, wasn't it? It was when um, for BT, oh, yeah, Maureen, Maureen Lipman. Maureen Lipman was doing that. Oh, you've got an ology. <laughs> is it an ology? Yeah. You've got an ology. Lovejoy is singing. England is beautiful. A man is up a telegraph pole. Yeah, he's Lovejoy's very jolly. He's trying to he's trying to do some deal on a carriage clock with Kevin on the mm. phone. Who, who knows who Kevin is? But he's very jolly about it. He is. He's got his dressing gown on. He's got his cup of tea. He's got his man new mug. Has he's he? Got, um, he yeah. not, I don't know. Maybe but he definitely here. the man new mug does make an appearance mm. later. And then sadly, he tries to make toast. And all the electricity goes off. I did oh. kind of feel for him, like you and your Wi-Fi. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's the same, really. And um, he's just like. Oh, can't have the electric go off. I was washing a load of t-shirts. It just made me laugh. Do you think, by the way, Terry... It's like a load of like white t-shirts. Does anyone feel like... No, it was. The next few weeks were very much Terry playing to his fan base because you get another tenacious tax lady. Yes. Only this one is utterly terrifying. Mrs. Neighbour. As as in Love Thy or Ramsey Street. (laughs) I was thinking as in Ramsey Street or as in Love Thy. That's what she's... As in everybody needs good. She reminded me. She reminded me of my old maths teacher. I had a maths teacher at this time, but I remember watching this. I had a maths teacher called Mrs. Ozan, 
It was terrifying. Mm. And she had size nine feet is all I remember about her. And I thought she was basically a witch. Yeah. Oh, but did she have toes? Because witches don't have toes. Well, yes. I, 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 I never tell. looked in her, in her shoes, so I don't know. Well, she, she had, had size, size nine feet. If she had size nine feet, she, she was probably wearing a bigger the, shoe to cover up the fact that she didn't have toes. She was utterly terrifying. Oh, God, it kind of spooks myself. <laughs> don't you think The Witches is one of the oh. scary books? The bit in the... Where she gets trapped in the picture. Well, they, yeah. take, all their, well, they take all the, thing, the wigs off. They oh. take their hair. Yeah, yeah. they hair. Oh. Right, I'm fine. Yeah, don't, don't read it. Basically, yeah, Mrs. Neighbour is terrifying. Mrs. Neighbour is terrifying. So, we love to have his electricity cut off. Um, and so, they make a good comment again. It's all like the timely thing about privatisation. Like, all oh, this <laughs> now, you know, the electric companies and BT have been privatised. This wouldn't happen. <coughs> oh, sorry. Um, but basically, yeah, his electric's been cut off because Freddie the phone, obviously, the owner of the house, owes the tax. Um, tenacious tax lady. And he's, <laughs> he's now that it's the nineties, he's not going to get around this one by getting her to get in his car and presumably well, get yes, exactly. Because we're, um, we're like almost ten years on now. Yeah. And um, we find out that Freddie the phone's real name, very disappointingly, actually, you don't want to know his real name. No, it's Mr. Reeve. It's yeah. Not the same. No, Freddie the phone. And the, the and Lovejoy. Well, no, Freddie the phone owes one hundred eight thousand pounds and sixteen pence. Oh my god, that's a lot of money. money. What's that in today money? Two million pounds. Yeah, (laughs) it's at least three times as much. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Half a million or something about, or probably not quite that much, but a decent amount. And we find out that that Lovejoy is not a very civic-minded individual because. Basically, you surprised like, me because <laughs> they're like you know oh, well, who are you you know because obviously they turn up he Lovejoy's there they're like are you not Mr. Reeve he's like no I'm Lovejoy it's like well how do we know you know you, there's no one registered there's no one there's no one paying the poll tax yeah oh, that's again dear. and there's no one on the electoral register I would like to think so, that Lovejoy voted I was disappointed yeah he doesn't vote and maybe he's, he's on the electoral register somewhere else maybe or maybe he just never sorted it out after he got back from prison. Can I be like, oh, geeky, by the way, and make a Hitchhiker's Guide you may. Uh, you may. reference? Has anyone seen the original series of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Because yes. this reminded me a bit of that. They basically went, well, you've got two minutes or whatever <laughs> many minutes is. Yeah. Clock is ticking. You've got X amount of time before we basically take your house. That is the beginning of yeah, Hitchhiker's yeah, Guide. Yeah. It was... And he was wearing a dressing gown. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? A little bit of me was like, are they actually trying to oh, yeah, maybe. it? Because it was the big, where he comes yeah. out of his house and the bulldozer's there and mm. he says, what are you doing? And he is in his dressing gown. And then he goes to the yeah. pub, which is what Lovejoy then inevitably well, yeah. later does. But to be fair, they are quite friendly, these like tenacious tax lady, and she's got a mate, hasn't Not she? A overly. guy. I mean, they're kind of like quite sort of like, <laughs> oh, well, you know. Jovial. Yeah, quite jo- jolly. They're quite friendly. Considering how much money they need yeah. to recover. But maybe that's because they can see from just looking around that they're going to be able to recover the money because they can see Miriam who yeah. they're going to take, and they can see oh. Lovejoy Antiques and that there's a load of stuff in there. Yes, yeah, so they're, and like, they're oh, just wandering around pricing it. There's probably £108,000 and 16 pence worth of stuff here. Yeah. And, oh, I and then, like that. And then something confusing happens because then he goes to see... Lovejoy goes to see Mr Kumar at the shop, who we've never met before. Mm, no, ever. Yeah. And, and, and like... What happens there? So Lovejoy starts asking for a key to another place. Does he have another place that he's renting? It's just his lockup. Ah. Yeah, so he gets the key to the lockup. Ah. Um, and he owes rent on that as well, 200 quid. Oh, yeah, because he gives him the cl- dodgy clock. 
Oh, not dodgy. No, I don't know if it's a dodgy clock. Yeah, the clock is right. I have a clock. He the one who's trying to palm off on Kevin earlier. Yeah. And then Lovejoy goes to his lockup and says to, to us via the fourth wall, yeah, everyone should have one of these. A secret place that nobody knows about. And he's got all this stuff squirreled away in there, like behind a breeze block in the wall. Like now, it Fagan. didn't strike me <laughs> as believable that he would put stuff that was worth anything in somewhere where he knew it was going to get damaged. Yeah, because the stuff he was lifting out that was his insurance kind of, if everything goes wrong, I've got the... <coughs> Yeah. It was all knackered, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not damaged by being in a damp, like because they're breeze blocks, which obviously yeah. are not they're permeable, so like damp can get in. And but yeah, like weird that he obviously hadn't thought of that before he put them in. Like you think that he would have, <laughs> but obviously he didn't because they were there. I oh. did. Oh, sorry, go on. I was about to say. I think you're going to say what I'm going to say. What about the key joke? No. Oh yeah, the oh, key joke. I did yeah, like the awful the key, key joke. Did you get the awful it key joke? Took me ages. This came from a famous <laughs> American. So this came from a famous American university. So like, go on, which one? You've got it? Which one? Uh, Yale. Yale. But the time I was like... I thought it was Bra- right. Brown. Hart- Stanford. Stanford. <laughs> what, what have these places got to do with kids? We know our American universities at least. <laughs> that was quite funny. But did you... On the wall, by his breeze blocks, there was like football team photos, but I don't know what team it was. Was that Man U? Probably Man U. It probably was. They were red. I didn't... Yeah, that would be oh, nice. Well. So I think they probably were... bound to be Man U. I think they it would have just were. been... He would have been putting them up as well. But yeah, so basically he's got all his insurance policy, all his like, you know, things squirreled away for a rainy day are all damaged, except some like... I've written... Except enamel thing of lady... But it's a like, miniature, a it's miniature, like a little miniature, isn't it? It's like a little enamelled portrait of a lady. It's quite nice, but yeah. that's not damaged. That's okay. So he's like, right, I'm going to sell that. So yeah, poor Lovejoy. He's got nowhere to live. He's got he's got no house. They've taken all his antiques. They've taken Miriam. Basically, they've taken all his stuff to pay Freddie the phone's debt. <laughs> And Which is a bit off, really. And, um, he seems decidedly not bothered about yeah, it. Yeah, I think I, I, that, I, I put remarkably sanguine about starting again. Well, I wonder, if, I wonder if he, he just knew it was inevitable because he must have known Freddie the phone was a bit dodged. What? And maybe he just thought, well, I was onto a good thing for a while. Yeah, he got, he but got once free, again, rent free, off I go. <laughs> like, he's lost everything. We find out this. They took all his stock. They took Miriam. So nine grand's worth of furniture. Like, it's pretty... It's pretty awful. Bad. It's everything. So obviously, inevitably, who does he go and see to to help him out of this predicament? Oh yeah, he basically says, "Can you give me some money as well?" But yeah, because oh, she's got to, that to awful Lady Jane. relative. Peter he was lovely. He I really liked nice. him. He seemed he very jovial. His uncle and his wife are staying with her. Did you reckon? Um, she seemed. I didn't really like Jane in this episode. She seemed kind of a bit embarrassed about Lovejoy. I think she was just at the end of her rope, really. I wonder if she was having to keep... It's not mentioned, but I wonder if she was having to keep up appearances with Alex's uncle and wife pretending that like Alex they're was just away on business. Or, they're still together. So that's yeah. quite draining. And yeah. quite you know, emotionally draining as well, having to like have his uncle around when he did, she did That's true. And then plus then Lovejoy turning up, basically asking for loads of money. And Maybe also she, was just, she was just a bit at the end of her tether. And he was doing it in such a kind of cheeky way. He literally like, like give me all your money. so serious. I'm like, you haven't got anywhere to live. Now is not the time to be joking about Jane yeah. looking after your cobra or whatever it was that he said. So it was really bloody oh, odd. Yeah. <laughs> Really that was their excuse, wasn't it? Oh, yes, he wants me to look after his snake. It was like a euphemism. Ooh, <laughs> it goes to Tink's. Does he? I mean, is, is Tink? They go to basically a static caravan. Yeah, we've but seen it was that very before. nice. Is that where Tink lives? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I don't remember that from before. And also that they also love Joy, Tink, and Eric all meet up there to decide what on earth they're going to do. But the thing is, it's the weird thing is as well. There seems to be this like assumption that oh, because they've lost everything, they're going to like split up the gang as well. Yeah, I don't really get why those things follow because surely if you're starting again. 
better to do it with yeah, other people, people than try and do it by yourself, all of them. But anyway, they, they're discussing that. And then Do you want my linguistic point at this point? Boom. Who's playing Love Do Actually Bingo? Go on. <laughs> so Eric said, I'm absolutely brassic, yeah. which I say a lot. Yeah. I now realise, clearly, because I'm hearing it there once and then using it the rest of my life. And a while ago, I was like, what does that even mean? Is it still with like some kind of like chemical <laughs> thing? Yeah, like, yeah brass, brass, kind of. It's, um, it's, it stands for boracic lint. Oh, what was that? Boracic oh, lint. I'm skin. I don't know what boracic oh. lint is. I'm brassic. Oh, Cockney rhyming slang. But I don't know what Barassa well, I only, is. I, only, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I only realised recently, like having a toddler, and so therefore doing a lot of raspberries. But ra- a raspberry <laughs> is also uh, Cockney rhyming slang. Raspberry tart. Raspberry tart. Yeah. But I just never. Oh my god! I never knew that. I, I knew like, that. I think because I, I think I was like. I know the rude ones. <laughs> I was saying to my daughter, like, oh, you know, it's a raspberry. And I was thinking, why is it called a raspberry? So obviously I Googled it. And I was like, oh. Do yeah. you know anybody else who says my back bunsen? No. My back pocket? No. no. I had a boyfriend once who said that. He also said brassic quite a lot. So clearly so I didn't Bunsen burner. Yeah, like the, your that? money burns out of your pocket, maybe. Oh. He was also constantly brassic, so that would make sense. Mm. Put it in your back bunsen. Anyway, mm. I don't know where that came from. So if you know, please tweet us. Yeah. At Lovejoy They will. <laughs> they will. Um, and then, oh, that's right. And then, so their plan is, so I think Tinker knows this guy, Bernard, who's the warden of an old people's home, and he's got oh, some yes. furniture he wants to sell, I guess it belonged to old people, mm. and he's willing to go 50-50 on it. So that's their, like, that's their plan, at least to get started again. Eric was very stressed. Oh, my heart went out to him. Poor Eric. Because it's not his fault. He's lost everything. Later on, he loses even more, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. At this point, finally, I mean, why he didn't this immediately, I don't know. Lovejoy was like, oh, maybe I should actually um, talk to Freddie. Yeah. And I thought he was back in his own house at this point because he's got his dressing gown on again. He'd, and his hair looked really nice. He'd washed his hair. He was yeah. like all chill in the morning. I was like, oh, maybe they didn't repossess the house then because he's on the phone. Phone's been put back on. Wasn't his house, was it? No. No. It was a lady's house. I've written, who the fuck is that? Mrs. Parr? Question I'd, mark. I'd put, Mrs. Parr? Question mark, question mark. Had it off? Question mark. <laughs> I do secretly love Lovejoy when he does stuff. Oh, like so, yeah. So he basically <laughs> had it off. With his, so he's in, he's in a like, lady's house. And he's like, right, I'm going to call Freddy. <laughs> so, so he's like, uh, he's on the phone going, Señor Freddy, el teléfono. <laughs> I love the idea that in Spain he's called Freddy, el teléfono. Freddy, el teléfono. That's amazing. Yeah, so Lovejoy calls Freddy El Telefono. This is where I was like... <laughs> Freddy El Telefono. Because I, I hadn't had read the credits. That's when I wrote, is it a Lexi sale? Mm-hmm. Lots of question marks. Because at that point, you because basically they someone else answers the phone. And Lexi sale, pretend, Freddy the phone tends to, pretends to not be at home to Lovejoy. You know, he's not there, even though he is there. Um, so you don't really see him probably. He's like lying on a pool. He's got shades on. I was like squinting at the TV like, is that a Lexi sale? But it is. But yeah, but he doesn't speak to Lovejoy because obviously he's like... My debts are probably caught up with me, and Lovejoy's hating me. So yeah, doesn't that doesn't go anywhere. But then he, so then he's got his plan. He's got his enamel thingy, miniature, and he sells it. Buys an old banger. Yeah, like a pickup truck. Oh, it's horrible. Really, it's, it's no the one. It's the one that's then in the rest of the show. Oh, oh. It's, it's like famous for series six opens with him uh, banging a, on the back of the pickup truck, banging a gong. Okay, well, well we got that Jay Arthur Rank gong. Oh, it's isn't. not. It's not Miriam, though, is it? No, it's not Miriam. I'm a bit disappointed now. Um, Then we have a classic bit of Terry, because they go off to see Bernard, Bernard. isn't it? And Bernard is telling Eric and Tinker 
a story about someone who brought in a, a stuffed wolf, like a taxidermy wolf, that they'd had too near a radiator and it had like shriveled or something and That's split. Amazing. And and there was something inside it, and then he never tells us what it is. Terry, Terry, I'm so furious. I just imagine it to be like jewels and diamonds and like treasure, but I thought it was it like treasure. Yeah, treasure. Some sort of like paper money. Yeah, but we don't. We like don't. the thing. But we'll never know. Pig. But you never know. We never know because we just go so going to see Bernard about this. So Bernard's the guy from the old people's home who's got this furniture to sell. And basically, the main thing he's got is, and here we get to the the. Uh, point of the episode a commode oh yeah and then Lovejoy's like is it Lovejoy who says that works I haven't got a pot to piss in oh yeah <laughs> yeah I was surprised he said piss that really surprised me I don't know why yeah. you said piss it's like when people say crap crap is one of those words and piss actually and they're both words that are like on the border aren't they between rude and not like some mm. people would say them as as normal words and other people would find them extremely rude and you yeah oh, I don't find crap, them particularly crap rude crap more so I think crap is I don't, oh, I don't know I, don't know. I, think, I think piss is than I, say, I suppose I say piss quite a lot when I'm annoyed I do inanimate objects can really piss you off they can't they like my bloody wifi router a minute um yeah so this is commode obviously <laughs> I mean unsurprisingly it's a Napoleonic commode it's got it's got Napoleon like crest on it you know that with the thing oh, with yeah. the N and the laurel wreath or whatever and um, oh, have you got your own crest on your loo and it, no. and it's just it really looks like it's just stuck on though doesn't it like it looks fake to yeah me. It, like, it, it, someone just stuck an N on there at some point going oh let's make it look a bit Napoleonic well, doesn't he say, though, that Napoleon had contact with every piece of furniture in that period or something? In the same way yeah. that, like, we joke that every pub in London either had Karl Marx and or Charles Dickens drinking. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Every single pub it's in London true. has had one or the other. Or both. And yeah. Bernard gives this provenance to it, and oh, yeah. Lovejoy's like, it's like, just made up. It's like a story, like, some, it's basically the old guy that was in the old people's home, his great-grandfather was a carpenter on St Helena... And he made the commode, and that's how the old guy, that's how he's got it, first of all, and then how he knows that it's Napoleon, because mm. it was on St. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's very, I mean, there's no evidence of this whatsoever. It's all very, like, tenuous. So then just, and it's literally, t- it's a tiny little, it's just a little wooden box. It doesn't even have the potty in it. Doesn't even it's look quite classy that. looking, though. Oh, I don't that king on the way it looks yeah. it wasn't even that fancy looking or yeah but I mean, it's only a loo you don't need it to be too mm. decorative like you're gonna you're gonna sit there having a wee and go <laughs> oh look at this like lacquer and this effect the uh, if you're napoleon maybe if you're napoleon but then despite all this and him thinking it's fake they still make tinker cough up a lot of money for it yeah. only 60 quid they pay for but it. maybe he's already thinking to himself oh, i don't know what i can do with this i mean he's probably mm. thinking oh i can i can even though i think that backstory is rubbish maybe i can just like yeah know, and he did that whole thing of like I won't I won't say directly that it is Napoleon's commode, but I will just imply strongly that it might be like that motorbike, Lawrence of Arabia's motorbike. Exactly, mm. exactly. He didn't care about that, did he? So, so yeah. And as you said, it's got no potty in it. So they go. So obviously, obviously, Lovejoy knows an attractive lady, Potter. an attractive Potter. lady Potter, <laughs> Angela. Yeah, who can make. So goes. So basically, she teaches like adult education, like pottery classes. So he just like wanders into her class, like, "Can you make me a pot to piss in?" And he's carrying that thing through with him the whole time as well. Yeah. Like, imagine if you were just doing a nice little pottery class where you do it for someone's birthday and you'd have to paint their name on and stuff, mm. and a roguish antique dealer comes in them. All the old mood. ladies doing the pottery class probably will had their heads quite turned. 
Well, his hair was very lush this episode. Mm, it was very lustrous. I've no. I've just realised that I've noticed it three times on one Lush- page. I like the word lustrous. Mm. It, 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 was, it was. It was lustrous. Now, where is he living? I don't even know what's going on. I don't know, but the next point. thing is he goes to an auction. We have to, we have, to have an auction because all the stuff that was, all his stock that was taken from his showroom, Lovejoy Antiques, is being sold at auction. So Lovejoy and Jane are at the auction where all his stuff is being sold and Jane offers to buy it back, which obviously would be, I mean, well, in a way it's not giving him money, but at least it's like doing it in a way of like... You know, it's because still a business, it to him. yeah. But still to do with and the she business, could, and exactly, and she it could be a loan because obviously once he sells it all and gets reestablished, you know. But he, just, he doesn't seem bothered. She's really sad. She's like the gang are breaking up. Everything's falling apart. And again, I'm like, gang have to break up just because. Yeah, like, he's had a what not, appears to him to be a minor setback, a mere hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, like he doesn't seem that bothered, and she's really worried about them all going their separate ways. Is this where there's the piano? Yes, and he starts playing the piano. Uh, yeah, he's it's one of those the pianola. That's what's called, isn't it? Where yeah, but so he does actually then play it. Admittedly, not very well. Yeah, he um, he, so he pretends that he's playing when it's the automatic. What's it called? Pianola. Pianola, isn't it? When it plays itself. Yeah. And Jane's like, oh my god, I didn't know you could do that. And then he lifts his he's hand like, up. I can't. And he's like, I can't. But then he flicks it, so it's just a piano, and then he plays and sings. And it, honestly, it was very nice. I know, but we haven't talked about his album in a while. And then and then you guys have sit <laughs> Boom. have informed me that in fact this song is on his it album. It is the final, it is track 14. I, I think you'll find. I can't and believe what, you haven't downloaded it. Track 14 of 14. And what's the song called? The Shadow of Your Smile. It's very beautiful. He does. He does have a lovely voice. He does actually have a nice voice. It, I, I genuinely it, a nice voice. I did prefer it in the TV program this afternoon than I do on the album. That my favourite track on the album is track six. Is that the sailor one? Yeah, it is good. I don't know why. I just think it's really like. I do, it's just so optimistic. It, it, it is really nice. Well, when we do our Camden show, which we will oh, eventually do, we'll... we'll do some interpretive dance to a couple of tracks we'll, off the album. We'll get I him think. to come and sing. We'll get him to actually. <laughs> and, and please welcome for one night only. For our love in the Camden head. <laughs> starts to take shape at this mm. sorry Helen Helen no. will now tell you coherently what that is well no just that so they basically decide they've got to get this commode verified in some way don't they or something so basically they go to see a Napoleon expert 
who obviously is French. Now, did anyone bother looking up whether he was actually French? No, I, I actually wrote was. down, he is French guy actually French? Comedy French accent. I have an apartment full of commodes. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. Although I thought he could have been. It wasn't I that think comedy. He could have been French. Because some I'll actual look. French people do have comedy French accents. I mean, the, the comedy French accent exists for a reason. Let's yeah. But he was—he was very French. He had three especially <laughs> red wine. Part-time French. He didn't have a baguette French. over his shoulder though, it like might, uh, it, oh, like Vial and his baguette. He was very, very French. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna so they phone up. him up, don't they? And Jane tries to Jane busts out of her French. Basically, we know Jane's got a bit of French. So Jane's like, "Is oh, he as good as an Italian?" Though? Je Monsieur, uh, je m'appelle Jane. Yeah, <laughs> j'ai une je commande. J'aime la musique pop. <laughs> Et j'habite à Lavenham. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but then obviously being French, because this is another like tick in the box of like he is French. Like, French people would never like to speak to someone in, in bad French. They prefer to speak English. Can I just point out his name, is, his name is Olivier Pierre, so I think he probably is. <laughs> Olivier Carry on. Olivier. The French would prefer to speak, you know, <laughs> English, the language of the, you know, roast beef, Le you know, pig dogs. They'd rather speak, <coughs> speak bad French. Do you, you must have if you go to France and you try I'm, and speak I'm, French to people. And I'm about like, to go to Paris. You are English. I will speak English to you. So okay. he does that. Oh, I've got to get a Monty Python reference in. You English wipers of other people's bottoms. <laughs> I mean, it's relevant. It's about commodes. I thought I'd just ram in a oh, relevant that, that quite Monty good. Python reference. Yeah, you see, they're always thinking. But it is quite funny, actually, you say that. It's a stereotypical French guy. He's got the three bottles of red wine on his desk. But also, because he's a Napoleon expert, it's almost like his house is like comically set up by him at the point there's like random piles of like three cornered hats and like portraits of Napoleon and it's just like and weirdly like I in case you don't get the point that he is a Napoleon expert. I was um I was watching it at Waterloo so watching something at Waterloo that was all about Napoleon yeah. was making Mama, me feel like really weird Napoleon did he seems to have been in quite a lot of quite sexy looking films this chap well he's French him and what's her name now? Marianne Cotillard. Mm. She's in a lot of French films. So, well, so, aside. so basically, French aside. Yeah, so anyway. the Napoleon expert. I don't know what his name is actually. I've just written Napoleon expert. Renier. Oh, hang on. I think I did it at some point. Yeah, Renier or something. Anyway, the, French, the Napoleon expert. Um, he's like, oh, you know, I can come and look at your commode, but it's 500 francs, like, just for a consultation, which, if you remember back in the day, it was about 10 francs to a pound. Yeah, so it's, what, 500 francs isn't that It's much. about 50 quid, mm. yeah. I think it's about 10 francs to a pound, like, back in the day. Um, so back to the commode. Luckily, Angela had a bit of crap pottery laying around that just fit. It happened to perfectly to, fit. Per- but it doesn't matter that it perfectly fit, because somebody breaks it. Somebody breaks it. <laughs> Listen, this one you can guess. Who could it be? I wonder. To be fair, I think it was Jane's fault. Oh yeah, because she, she yeah. was holding it. Yeah, it's true actually. It's a joint... Uh, I can't joint actually remember the circumstances of it now. I've, all I've written is, they broke the pot because they're but idiots. It turned <laughs> they broke out the pot. to be a, like one of the best things that they could do because of um, then the, well... What unfold should we say? Yeah. So then, it, so then I've written Lovejoy's friend glues it back together with some sort of cheesy glue. Yeah. Oh, is this when you get the little bit of casual racism <laughs> about cheese? You get lots of casual racism about cheese because oh, French people. And later cheese. on, there's a comment about um, 
Well, I, I didn't even write it down, but at I remember one point, it like basically at French one people point, like to eat cheese. At one point, Tinker says that's what comes from uh, eating two, over 200 types of cheese, but I can't remember what it's I in response to, but I just thought, oh, really? Like, but they, um... Somebody's just shouted bingo, whoever's who <laughs> So she makes old glue out of cheese, because that's what they would have had on St. Helena. Helena? St. Helena, yeah. I believe. He was on Elba before, and then oh, he escaped, yeah. and then he went to St. Helena. Sorry, that's not relevant to the plot. I'm just showing off that I know some history. <laughs> Something about Napoleon. Um, so, yeah, who is making old glue with cheese to fix it back together, because they wouldn't have used epoxy resin because it didn't exist. But I don't know if you've ever glued anything together with epoxy resin. I was going to say, I don't know if you've ever glued anything together with cheese. <laughs> I mean, like, no. But even with epoxy resin, you have to hold it together, and you have to wait for ages, and they give it to Eric, who's just like trying to hold together this old pot and then her and Tinker go off and have some red wine and cheese. But to be fair, Eric did break the pot. Well, arguably. I think yeah, arguably, arguably. And then, so he's holding it together and then we, then the Man United mug makes an appearance, Lodger's cup of tea in his Man United oh, mug because yes, I got very excited about that pot. Oh, I didn't write it down. I did notice that the kit bag he was carrying around as he slept from sofa to sofa was a Man U hold all. Yeah. He's just getting it all in now, yeah. isn't he? But then, then an interesting thing happens, though. So, right, so I know I always, like, go on about this point because I don't get it because maybe I'm stupid. But, like, this thing about, you know, Lovejoy, like, seems to abhor fakes on the one hand, right? Mm. On the other hand, he's really not above making a fake Yeah, it suits him. And I don't really get where, where no. his, like, moral stance... Because so, at this point, basically, they're like, right, okay, we need to, like, get some provenance for our Napoleonic commode. So he happens to know this Russian forger called Popov, wasn't he? Equally stereotypically yeah. Russian. And basically, who could probably forge... called Sergei. Did we ever hear his first name? <laughs> yeah, Sergei Popov. Sergei. Yeah, was Alexander, you know. So yeah, so this forger is... Lovejoy wants him to fake a letter about the commode to, like, give it to give it some provenance. Again, it's like, hang on, is that okay now? But to maybe just it do is. Fake? Gonna, it depends who he's going to con. If he's going to scan. Yeah. And, and, but I didn't know... That this seemed to come away from that. Oh, the, 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 it seemed no to go too bad far. Guy, yeah, he wasn't why. doing when he's done it in the past, like uh, the uh, the one with the icon. He did that because Caspodius was a, was a bad guy. Yeah. He needed to. He deserved to get his comeuppance because Caspodius had been selling fakes first. Yeah. That whenever we've had fakes before, it's usually been because somebody else has been faking. And he's given them a taste of his own medicine. So I didn't really get this, and it mm. didn't feel entirely. Plausible compared in the kind yeah. of Lovejoy universe. universe. Yeah, so he gets it, and it's interesting again, sort of contemporaneous to the show. The forger, this Russian Sergei Popov, is explaining you know, since the fall of the USSR, all Russians want to reclaim the property. So basically, all the people that fled Russia want to like get their property back that is still in the old Soviet Union. So they've been like getting him to like forge deeds. They've also lost. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, again, this would be legitimate forging. It's like they, they did own that property. It's been taken off them by the communist state. They're going to forge some deeds which show that they own the property that they did own anyway, and then get it back. So I guess like, that would kind of fit more in with yeah. noble forging. Yeah. So that's what. So he basically, Popov is very busy because he's been doing a lot of forging for his Russian mate. And he also says to Lovejoy, "There can't be any more new information about Napoleon. There can't be a new thing." He. His entire life was so mm. well documented, and his death. There cannot be a new thing come out now. It's yeah. the 1990s. What's wrong with you? Yeah, it's like, how can I fake a letter about Napoleon? Yeah. But anyway, they then. And then Monsieur le expert 
expelled de Napoleon, you know, find the name out. <laughs> but here we have a linguistic point. They said to him on the phone, we've got this commode. Oh, yes, commode. And he's expecting a commode, which in French is a... Chest of drawers. Chest of drawers. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I guess yeah. I must have known that somewhere in the back of my mind. And obviously mm-hmm. I could extrapolate it from what happened. What word should he have used then, Helen? I don't know what a commode... I suppose because I'm... You don't really talk about commodes that much, do you? Yes, you don't. No. <laughs> See, I expect you to know if somebody wants to talk yeah. French. Every yeah, single that wasn't historical. On, when we did like furniture, it wasn't no. like you know. What is the chairs, word for a port- chairs, une armoire, portable toilet, une commode, yeah. la lampe, yeah. <laughs> la potty. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm afraid I don't know. Je ne sais pas. And apparently, in order to love joy, and then, yeah. and then he, so he's going like, ah, c'est un de temps, waste of time, and he's like really pissed off because he's like, thing is, he was in in England for something else anyway. <laughs> he hasn't come over just to look at this commode. I would say stuff like that would be more interesting than a chest of drawers, though, wouldn't you? Don't people like yeah. for tourists and stuff? I know this isn't the the purpose of it, but I find things much more interesting. Like this is the bed that someone, you know. Ha- ha- Died on shagged or, in. You're shagged in. That's what I was going to say. I was looking for a good way to say. It. Oh, you know, this is the loo that. I mean, if you go to a castle, the thing that all the kids want to see first yeah, is the, the thing where you where you shit into a down in massive hole into like a forest below. That's what all the kids want to see. Yeah, this is much more interesting than a chest of drawers. I think, I, I agree, but and also that this is when like so that he's like about to storm off the Xbox. He's like, oh, I don't why they brought me to see this. Uh, and um, that's when Lady Jane pulls the Aristo card. Which I didn't understand, yeah. because if he's French, doesn't he hate the aristocracy? Oh, but Am I talking about the French from 1788? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, he's like, if he's like bourgeois, oh, well, he, would, he would... There is a lot of snobbery still in front, like all the old families that are called like, you know, that have got the aristocratic names, even though they're not actually mm. aristocrats anymore, are still like... Revered. You know, revered yeah. by certain people. And obviously... Weirdly, by a Napoleon expert, that's a good point. <laughs> like, yeah, you would think, like, you think the, the Napoleon expert wouldn't be that pro. Oh, but maybe that was funny. Maybe it was just a joke mm. that went over my head because I was too confused. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Oh. But yeah, so, so then Jane persuades him to look at the faked letter. So they have got pop off to fake this letter. And he, and he seems very impressed by the He letter. does. Because to begin with, he does think the commode is fake anyway, doesn't he? He's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not really yeah. sure. And then Lodra kind of produces this. Ridiculous. L- less, this letter from, I don't know, one of the generals who was there on the island. and With wow. a, a massively far-fetched story that is probably not... Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, let's just say I'm hoping people will write about more uh, prominent aspects of my life than my constipation <laughs> yes. when I am dead. Yeah, what's the le- I can't even remember what the letter says A friction now. of the bowels or something. So basically yeah. the letter says... This this commode he couldn't shit. Got this commode got broken because Napoleon wasn't very well, and then he got annoyed and threw the pot, and that's why it got broken. And then it went off to be repaired, but he died before the repair could be done. Therefore, this letter says this person who was repairing it can keep it, ah, and that's like the the provenance story. of it. Ah, yeah. Um, but then the French. Do you want to? <laughs> the French guy goes absolutely bonkers at this point. He's like, I could write a book about this. And it reminds me of... He, he was just like, sees the fame and like... You know, yeah. He? I don't know why I've written this down. I've written, this is a bit like angel trousers wanting to restore... And then I've just stopped. It is sort of accurate. I don't know why he was wanting to restore. The nose of... Napoleon died of a stomach ulcer, so it is kind of... Yeah. It's quite he did really die with all of these problems. Mm. Yeah, so I guess it does kind of make sense. But yeah, so he's very impressed. He seems to believe the letter very easily... Which I don't know. If, I don't know, like say. Does he just believe it? Because like, oh well, if if don't care if it's true or not. But if 
I can get other people to think it's true then. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's already, actually, just what, I, what I've said, I guess the fact that he, he's already imagining the book, because let's face it, people are going to buy a book yeah. about that kind like of Napoleon's potting, basically. Yeah. And then he says, oh, I'll authenticate it for 250 quid. So which Lovejoy then just steals from Jane because it's her petrol money. Yeah, and then and then he just, and then he just signs a little card saying it's real, signed Monsieur Expanded Napoleon. Monsieur Francais. Monsieur, yeah, and but he does say it's worth like ten, twenty grand if it's if it really is Napoleon. Yeah. Um, and then we get a bit more friendly the phone. We have an effort. Oh well, at this point I've written, "Where is Alexi Sale?" And then I've written, "Lovejoy's run off the road." Yeah. Oh, oh I've yes. Written, Truck drives Lovejoy off road. Eric has bought an executioner's bag. Yeah, and then I totally forgot to write that down. I forgot about that. But Eric's reaction to finding out what it was was hilarious. So, so reminded me again of that thing you said about Fred West Cardigan. Yes, it did. Like, um, so Eric and Tinker earlier on were they doing a house clearance? And he found like this black bag. It's got a crest on the front. He was like, "This will make a really good tool bag. We can use this." And here's a massive bit of rope that'll be useful. So when they turn up in the field. He's like, like, right, I'll tie the, the rope around oh, the yeah, table. Oh, yeah, that's right, because Lovejoy's been run off the road, so they go to, like, rescue him. And then Lovejoy has a look at the bag, and he's like, do you know what you've bought? This is... What have I written? No, I've just written Eric is using a hangman's noose by accident. And then Lovejoy... And so Eric has that Fred West cardigan reaction of, like, oh, and, like, drops it and doesn't want to touch the bag. And Lovejoy's like, get rid of it. And I'm thinking, people pay an effing fortune for the last execution in England's... Kit bag. Was that, was not it the rope, maybe, but the bag. Was it meant to be Albert Pierpoint who it belonged to? I think did did he, he was say the last execution. Yeah, wasn't he? But did they say something like it was his the like assistant? Because I don't know they did say the most interesting interview ever. I think on sorry, really, really raising the bar on um, BBC Radio's Witness History with Ooh. him, and he was a Northerner. And he was like, oh, and I kill people. You know, I do this. But he's, uh, it was really beautifully done because he was very um, kind of respectful. Yeah. He was not what you would expect an executioner to... I don't know what you'd expect an executioner to sound like. <laughs> but he, was just, he was very sort of respectful and thoughtful. And it's, it's really worth a listen. We'll, put it, in the show, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. I'll stick it up on Twitter. Oh. But um, so, yeah, I was just surprised that he was like, get rid of it. I was like, but you could sell that. People would want it. Maybe in the 90s people weren't quite as... What's the... F- Fred West cardigan thing. Oh, the oh. Do you not listen to our podcast? <laughs> this is, I don't remember. I don't remember. This is quite good in a way because when we recorded it the first time, I couldn't remember the name of the professor, which I then went away and looked up. Oh, okay. But unfortunately, I've forgotten it again. But he's yeah. at, he's at Bristol. I'm talking about Professor Bruce Hood, a professor of developmental psychology at the University of Bristol, who did a really interesting experiment back in 2006 with a cardigan. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes and a link to the episode of Witness History about Albert Pierpoint that Polly's talking about. So be sure to check them out. Um, and basically, it's um, a professor who lectures in psychology and stuff like that. And he, he, in one of his lectures, he hands out this cardigan and says, um, can you just pass that up to the back row so people are like, passing it back? And then he starts the lecture and then he says, by the way, that cardigan that you're all moving around, that was actually Fred West's cardigan. And people will like, drop it on the floor or throw it away or like, oh, God, I can't believe I just touched that. It's absolutely disgusting. And he's like, no, it's just a cardigan.
And it's just this idea mm. that, well, we almost yeah. touched on it earlier that inanimate objects can be oh, yeah. imbued with this yeah. spirit that they don't have. It's just an, it's just yeah. a, it's a card game. Just some wool. Well, as it turns out, this is actually just a pot that ain't broke. <laughs> but <laughs> the interesting point is it because it does give whether you know obviously they don't have a spirit, but they do do have a value. Like people would um, pay money for Fred West's cardigans. Some yeah, people. You know more than they would for a well, normal people party. Buy, so it does give it value. People buy John Wayne Gacy's drawings, don't they? Do you know what? That didn't we own them. an original. Oh yeah, yes. no, no, it's in a cupboard in our uh, house. If anyone wants I think, to buy I it, I think we've said this before, and I've cut it well, out. Yeah, <laughs> so original, keep this time. original Rolf Harris, which we took off our wall a while yeah, ago, and it's probably um, the best. It's at least it's not by Jimmy Savile. <laughs> It's that probably in, wouldn't be very accomplished. It, you know, <laughs> it's just in a it's just in a cupboard in our house, and we think, you know what? The sad thing is, there is probably a market for it. Yeah, I'm sure there really is. People that really want to own it. Sure, yeah. it's a nice painting. Oh, oh dear. So, so why does the truck drive? Is the truck driving love to off the road? Is that any it point? Doesn't seem is to, there any point to it other than it gives Eric an excuse to, to use the rope and then? A, to point out that he's stupid and he didn't realise it was an executioner's bag, which again doesn't really link to anything. Yeah. So is that, whole, is that whole thing not really linking to anything? And there's a bit where, and then they say to Tink, well, you drive because he can't push the car. And he says, oh, no, I can't drive at the minute because he's got point. I don't know how it works in those days. Your licence got stopped or something. And they're like, no, you just need to steer. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem to be... There's no link to it For any reason. No. So then, okay, so we don't know what's going on. But then, yay, Alexi Sale comes back. Do you know what I've written? Ah, here is Alexi Sale, 38 minutes into a 51-minute episode. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Terry! I know, Terry does like to do that. Excellent polka dot dress from Jane. Would wear it now. Thought it was beautiful. Oh, yes, very lovely. So Freddie the Phone turns up at his house, or his former house, I guess. It's now been repossessed. Then he was like, oh, I haven't got a house anymore. And goes to the pub. And then... Basically, he's using the pub as like his office. And oh, I mean, that's fine. I don't see problem with that, do you? And the payphone in the pub. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those payphones in pubs? That was quite. Do you remember payphones? Oh. We never yeah, got any bloody payphones anymore. Yeah, I remember using them to ring my mum and be yeah. like, "I'm ready to come home now. Yeah, come yeah. and pick me up from the pub. Come and get me." There was one that we used to have in the. Sort well, of... If it rang, you'd have to answer, and it'd be like, "Oh, is Bob there in the pub?" <laughs> oh yeah, people would just like ring the pub. It, people used to. Yeah, that was the only place actually where. Although I, I had a friend when I was a kid, and this is, I think I might have said this before as well. This makes me feel so old now, and it makes you realise how much things have come on, that when I was very little, I was in, like, primary school, I had a friend who didn't even have a phone in her house. They they used to go out to the phone box, and they yeah, were like, we... granny from the phone box. And then, so if somebody wanted to ring them, they would, like, say, oh, I'll ring you at seven on Sunday, and she'd have to go and stand in the phone box, and they'd ring the phone box. Yeah, we did. We That's did. not that we long ago. Like that. No, it was the 80s. Not everybody had a phone. Yeah. When I was a kid, and now everyone has. A, I've got two. I'm sitting here with two bloody portable phones. You know, yeah. portable phones. Well, that's, 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 that's a Freddy the Phoneism. He says portable phones. Hold the phone. <gasps> Hold the phone. Um, but this is, and I have to say, confession time. This is the point of the episode where, as often <laughs> I do, I began to nod off. But you all know why now. She's got an excuse. Oh, I'm sleeping growing, for two. I'm growing, <laughs> a, yeah, I'm growing a human. So it's a yeah. bit tiring sometimes, but no. But to be honest, I was I used to do that even before. So yeah, I I, I, I always I always watch them like quite late at night because I'm like, oh crap, I've got to watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I'm like I'm tired. So I did. So at this point, I did start to fall asleep. So I'm a bit confused. But basically, Freddie. So I might be missing some stuff out now. But Freddie wants to buy the commode. Basically, they tell yeah. him about the commode. So Freddie finds love joining the pub. They have a bit of a row. One of the best <laughs> orders at a bar I've ever heard. 
a pint of bitter and a pint of gin, please. Oh, yes. <laughs> because Bob Joy says, I'll have a tonic with a pint of gin in it. Because yeah. I've had a, a time. A time yeah. of it, Freddie, and it's your fault. They walk out through these... Um, what, what did I call Morris dancers before? They walk out through these... Malevolent Morris dancers. They are. are a bit creepy. A little bit creepy. And there's another brilliant line so here. A bit Wicker Man. And there's a really good line where. Oh, but that's why they're creepy. Yeah, isn't it? it's because yeah. of Wicker Man. Yeah. It's because of Wicker Man. But there's a really brilliant line here where one of them, I don't know which one, is basically saying, "Oh, these people, maybe not even the Morris dancers, but somebody are a bunch of anchors." But instead of saying that, they say a bunch of autoeroticists. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was asleep for that bit. I am going to use that. So then they have a drink and a chat, like you say. And Freddie knows that it's fake, really. He goes and has a look at this commode. And he kind of knows that it's not right. But then he's like, no, I'll I'll buy it off you for however much money. Ten grand. Ten grand. Oh, and some mycin. Because basically... Um, so Freddie's also got an emergency stash in a garage wall, yes, which hasn't got damaged, and it includes some mice and pottery. And it was very funny because and five thousand telephones. Yeah, he yeah he was using the same. Um, oh yes, it's next the same, door. It's the next door. Yeah, one, he's using oh, the same oh, dialogue as Lovejoy. So he's like, yeah. everyone should have one of these, which is exactly what Lovejoy said. Everyone should have like a secret stash. He's right when he says he describes them as we're life's natural survivors. Now I know he says that, and you think well, that's a bit fucking rich. It's your fault that Lovejoy's just <laughs> lost everything. Thing. But actually, he's right. They are the to number of times. Yeah, and to be fair, Lodger's lost everything. But Freddie was letting him live in his house for free for yes. months. Probably wouldn't have come to hundred thousand pounds. But well, Lodger was only lost like nine grand, really. Yeah, I mean, it was still a lot of money. I mean, I'm not trying to say that we've missed. Um, well, we missed not, a bit. We, we missed haven't, a bit we haven't where. really missed anything important. But Freddie kind of says, "Look, I want to buy it if just for the joy it'll bring me down the golf club." Oh, Can yes. you imagine serving punch out of this? And he talks about Tarby and Brucey. Oh, yeah, he does. And I was just like, "Oh, light entertainment!" But weren't they all living on the Algarve? Which is technically, um, I'm sure they were living on the Algarve, not in Spain. Is that in Portugal? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, um, the Algarve was the place. My favourite joke in the Porridge movie is about uh, Jimmy Tarbuck, where somebody says, "Oh, we should get celebrities to come down and play the football." And he says, "Oh, you should, you should get that guy down here. What's his name?" Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Tarbrush and the other guy goes Buck sir it's, it's Buck and he goes oh yeah yeah sorry Buck Tarbrush that's <laughs> amazing <laughs> that's one of my favourite lines ever now I just love Tarby oh anyway oh, I was a quote here like when he gets his emergency stash out the garage wall and his mice and poultry I was written swears on Sean Connery Oh, because oh, yes. the mycin is full of money, so it's, it's not just the mycin, it's the money that's in there as well, but it's all Scottish notes. Oh, yeah, because he, oh, yeah. he says, yeah, yeah, Swear on Sean Connery. So basically, so basically he, yeah, Freddie the Phone buys the commode <laughs> off Lovejoy for 10 grand of Scottish money, plus the mycin pottery. So actually, Lovejoy's kind of got everything back now, because he lost yeah. nine grand's worth of stuff, mm. didn't he? Yeah, so no, he's got 10 grand and some mycin, which presumably is worth a bit, because mycin's like... Mycin's meant to be, yeah, well, we had mycin figure, didn't we, yeah. very early... Was it mycin figure? Early on, in, in series one. But, um, I don't know, because I wrote about this, so hang on. So he's done this... I was trying to work it out in my head, because of what you said earlier. Mm. I thought, he's done this thing where he's deliberately setting out to con people. Is his, an, is his eventual plan to con Freddie the phone... Turns out he doesn't, because actually Freddie the Fed says, I know this it. is all bollocks, yeah. I know what you're doing, because actually we're more similar, we, we yeah. are really similar. And I got to the end and kind of, there was a little bit of me that thought, that was quite funny, what was the point of any yeah, of that? Yeah, I've written... There's no point of any of it. I've it's written... Like, he may just have given him ten grand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Freddie the Fed, because of you, I lost nine grand of furniture. 
Oh, really? Sorry, Lovejoy. Here's 10 Here's grand. Here's 10 grand. Yeah, grand. Literally, like, that's, like, we didn't need a whole story. But beca- because I've been burned in the past by these episodes, at this point I wrote down, 48 minutes? What the hell? How is anything else going to fit in? But it turned out... <laughs> no, that was that Nothing was going to fit in. Because uh, nothing happened. So we go to the beer garden in the pub. Eric's there, Tinker's there, Jane's there. The Meissen is there with the money in it. It's been sent over by Lovejoy with champagne. Yay, champagne. Um, what? Verve Clicquot as well. It's Very champagne. nice champagne. But Lovejoy's not there. Yeah, and then he sent was... a letter to them. And then the music was on a minor key. Bearing in mind, I'm, I'm watching this in a kitchen yeah. at work. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, no, I think I'm going to cry. That's <laughs> it's really bizarre because he sends him this note that almost like, seems like a farewell note. Yeah. But then I was like, but this is episode one of the series. So obviously he's not going to, like, leave them all. Or if he is, they're going to get back. Like, you know, what's going on? I felt a bit emotionally manipulated. I loved Eric. Yeah, um, I was clever with the music. When they were reading the letter, so Tinker reads the first, but he's not really reading it. It's got the voiceover from Ian McShane, and yeah. just Dudley Sutton is just looking at a piece of paper, and then he passes it to Eric for the next bit. Oh, I didn't write down what the line was, but in the letter, Lovejoy addresses Eric directly, and he sort of looks round like, oh, "Very sweet." I thought it was cute. Oh, yeah, but I didn't know because obviously I haven't watched this since I was 13 I did start thinking is this where everyone just leaves then is the next episode going to have totally no. different characters in it well, no, no, that can't happen I'm not ready to go it's very suspenseful because it's like well obviously that's not going to happen because it's like episode one you know of the series it is it is quite um... I wonder if when they filmed it it wasn't the first episode and then in the end they were like oh we do need something kind of light and we need to go in for the first one we do actually get Charlie Gimbert comes back (gasps) very soon Charlie Gimbert Charlie Gimbert comes back within this series we've also in fact maybe it's the next one I'm going to have to have a look I don't think it is but it's this series that Charlie Gimbert does his sister come back I don't like her. She of the butterfly buttock. Yeah. Oh, Charlie Gimbert's back. It's three episodes time. I knew it was really, really soon that he. Listeners, I bet you can't wait. And Do you even um, remember who Charlie Gimbert is? I love Charlie Gimbert. <laughs> love Charlie Gimbert. And um, and there's actually some really good episodes coming up. I think this is why this one and it, it is very funny. And I think Alex Sell was great. He played. He played. Oh, Alexi Sell, brilliant. I want there's Marvin. some very funny and very kind of sharp ones coming up. And we've got Leslie Phillips coming up soon. Oh. What? We got some. Oh, I, I think like I might point, remember that episode. I feel like I remember that. And we get that some episode. more Dennis. Dennis starts to feature a lot more. Dennis is in every other bloody episode. So Lovejoy actually turns into a true detective by the time we get to that series. Oh, I'm excited. But yeah, I have to agree with Polly. Like, this episode was a bit like, what was the point of that? Um, so it, was, it was too I gentle. Think, I quite enjoyed it. I suppose in summing up, we should probably, you know, get some marks out of ten. Well, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. I just... Um, I think a lot of them had a very, very clever twist and this one didn't. And you don't need that in every bloody episode. No. But it, it, it felt more like, oh, this is the bridging episode where, you know, the, the, the gang are doing something... I don't know. I and, quite enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think for us as well, we had just watched literally back-to-back the finale yeah, of, a so se- of a series. Oh, and then, yeah, sorry. And, and then, then we'd watched one, yeah. the Christmas one. So, like, we'd watched yeah. two really, really intense ones... It's getting a bit. Well, I mean, I'm going to give about, it. You know, in the context of the episodes we've just watched, this was about right because you don't tend to have two really, really mm. dark, perilous, you know, deaths. You don't want any, any of that. Yeah. I'm probably going to give it 7.5 because so it was very funny. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm with you. I'm going to go for 7.5. <laughs> I liked Lovejoy. I, I liked that Lovejoy managed to find 
some woman to shack up with because I feel like he hasn't done that for ages and I just felt relieved for him. <laughs> and he was just... <laughs> Sorry. Well, I didn't know that I felt that until I came out of my mouth. Okay, wow. okay. That was weird. Um, and Eric was very good at being Eric and Tinker was very good at being Tinker. But, but there were just oh, random bits of it. Something we didn't... found about Tinker is that he used to be able to drive and that made me sad. He'd said he'd had his licence taken away but for drink driving, mm, which for yeah. which for 93 is kind of, there's something really sad about that. We talked before about how in the early series everybody was at it. And yeah. Now it's really desperately frowned upon. I remember yeah. the campaigns when I was a kid. Yeah. So Weber 7.5. Oh no, I'm really sorry. I, I, I just... <laughs> Like so many things, and I was like, like the whole forging thing. Like, why is it all right to forge this letter? Why is Lovejoy so like blasé about like losing everything? Why does he seem so ready to like go a separate ways from everyone? Are there are their bonds not really real? I don't know. Oh, I just, <laughs> sad. Just, like, and then at the end, where had it, it gone? Was, I mean, it did. It was imply. very was sad. sad. I just, I, I just, uh, sad, but it didn't make. I don't mind. I mean, sad is can be good, as in like you know to watch. But I, yeah, so, I'm gonna give it six. I, I just right. was, yeah. yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, I wasn't a big, huge fan. What's your antique of the week? <sighs> I want Freddie's flip phone because I just loved it. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it was a Motorola. I really liked it. Oh, I yeah. think we've had phones before. We've though. had phones before. We've had a phone, machine. The phone, yeah. I think mine would be an actual antique, which would be the little enamel miniature thing. Because it was quite. It was sweet. very pretty. Do you know what? I want the thing, but I don't because it's not real. I would love <laughs> something. The idea of actually having something that a famous person... Like, if I could have Anne Bronte's commode, I would totally go with that. Like Anne Bronte's... Anne would, Bronte's commode. Or, you know, Anne Bronte's uh, chamber pot. I'd rather have I'd a totally hairbrush or something. I don't really with want her hair that. still in it. I don't really want a chamber pot. Well, she had nice hair as well. She had, like, nice curly hair. Um, so would yours be the commode, Napoleon? It probably would. Napoleon... And I like the idea of cheese glue. I mean, that, that just <laughs> appeals to me. I, I just was a bit concerned about what that would smell like. Well, yeah, Eric smelled. looked like he didn't smell very nice when he was having mm. to hold the thing together. Yeah, I wasn't really impressed with how that was smell over time. <laughs> oh, no, actually, do you know what? I, know, I, I quite like the pianola. Oh, oh, yes. I do like that. Yeah. Yes, that would be nice. I'd like it I could pretend that I could play the piano because yeah. I can't play I can't play, but I can play a little bit, but not very much. I used to have played chopsticks, but I don't think I could even I do that. I played five. It's like a sort of Jane Austen or whatever when they go like, do you play? It means like, do you play the piano? I love the idea that that is what playing is. <laughs> Oh yes, I play rather well. Well, there's that there's that line in Jane Eyre where she goes, "Oh, I, uh, I played tolerably," and she plays, and he goes, "Yes, you do play tolerably." <laughs> <laughs> and I do, I play intolerably, but there you oh, go. Yeah, I can play I Imagine. I can play Chopstick. Play a bit of John Lennon. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, yeah. what have we learned? <sighs> that, that Lovejoy doesn't mind forging things. Yeah, or oh, having to bit... or having to start again from scratch. Although we kind of already knew that. Seems so not bothered about losing nine grand. I don't really feel like I've learned very much. I've learned that I'm confused about Lovejoy's character. Oh. He, I think he was a bit... Ac- he was super jolly, which, I mean, is, he can be. Yeah. Super jolly at the beginning anyway, before this happened. Then he seemed totally not bothered about losing nine grand. Then he seemed totally not bothered about losing all his friends. Then he seemed not bothered about forging something. No, it just it's seemed- a bit sad. He, he almost went a bit Doctor House in that... Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, why didn't none of these things... How are you completely unaffected? <laughs> yeah. And and often it's got that nice thing of him being a bit unfettered, like particularly when it comes to yeah. women. There's yes. this idea yeah. of putting some fancy free. But this was just as though he was totally emotionless. And that, that I don't... It's a bit disturbing. I didn't like that. I didn't like learning that. We did. We did learn that Napoleon's life was very well documented, though. We did. I didn't know that because I wouldn't have thought. I mean, I would have guessed it would be quite well documented. But the fact that, like, they literally a new document about him could not 
But you wonder how much of it is just shit people have made up, though. Because yeah. like, <laughs> over the years, yeah. like um, the, the whole. Have you seen um, coming to films and that again? Have you seen the Hitler Diaries, which is uh, Alan Bennett? Oh, are they about, forged? Oh, which they were forged. Yeah. And then the guy, because they got really popular, didn't the guys who were forging them were like doing them almost by the minute and passing them through. <laughs> it was, and it's such a funny film. It's such a good film. Do you know what I wish I'd learned? Mm. What was inside that wolf? Yeah, God damn it, most... Terry! Yeah. Um, I feel like every Terry episode is going to have something like that in it that just drives me mad. Maybe but he's it's doing really it pleasing. To, to he's piss doing you it deliberately off. to piss me off. Thirty, years, that in years, in the 30 years in the future, that you would be going, "Oh hell, Terry!" Oh, cool. is that is that it? Is that us done? That's yes. That's our first episode of series four done. I don't know what the next episode is. We know Gimbert's coming back later on. He is. <gasps> series four does actually pick up, and um, the next one. Well, I'm not going to. I mean, the next one, I don't recall being particularly brilliant <laughs> uh, it really picks up and after that there are about three or four just brilliant episodes oh, amazing 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 guest stars um, so you've got Charlie Gimbert comes back uh, you've got Leslie Phillips I can't yes, remember be fantastic. Yeah, we've got other, oh Richard Griffiths is in one of them at some point and that's towards the end of this oh, series though you get Richard Griffiths um, and, and then you get a, a little bit of Dennis you get a couple with Dennis in uh, we have got some more Terry episodes coming up Ooh. In fact, the one Leslie Phillips in is by Terry. Oh my goodness! It's called the Galloping Major, and it is it is peak. Um, it's probably peak Terry. It's peak <laughs> Leslie Phillips. It's Great. very, very uh, much Leslie Phillips. It's very, very good. So you've got some smashing stuff coming up. Um, you can tell us what you thought of this episode. At Lovejoy A Pod online, <laughs> online. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can give us a one-off donation towards my kombucha, apparently, um, on Coffee or Kofi, we still don't know how it's pronounced. K-O-F-I. Dot com forward slash Lovejoy, actually. Or if you are in it for the long haul like we are, you can donate to us from as little as $2 yes. a month on Patreon, which will get you access to bloopers and... A nice little letter with, from us. A letter from us, yeah, on Battled and Bomb Paper. Everything you've always wanted, a letter from us on Battled and Bomb Paper. Um, oh. And... Uh, bonus episodes and episodes that are released a bit earlier um, just for you guys on yeah, all so, sorts yeah. of things um, happy new year happy, happy new year, year. Oh, cheers oh,